The Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Morning, everybody. Happy Monday to you. 11 minutes after 9, although it feels like it's 11 minutes after 8. Daylight savings. I'm still trying to recover from that lost hour of sleep. But anyway, uh, it is, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 11 after 9. I had a fun weekend. I got to go to uh, the Chicago concert on Friday night. Chicago, uh, the band, you know, it used to be Chicago Transit Authority. And, uh, you know, that was a long time ago. But uh, just a couple of, uh, of observations from the concert. First of all, old people rock. Uh, in the audience, they were everybody's up and dancing. And at my my teenage daughters went. I have one daughter. My older daughter is a big fan of Chicago. Uh, my younger daughter, not so much. And so she kind of complained a little bit and talked about it, how she didn't want to go to the concert. But guess who had the best time? Yeah, she was dancing and singing and and uh, rocking to it uh, the entire concert. But probably the biggest observation I had from going to the Chicago concert. This is a band that was formed in 1967. That was one year after I was born, okay? These, this band is uh, 10 members of the band. Uh, a few of them have been in the band for, you know, a decade or, or two decades or whatever, but there are four members of the band that were that three original founders from 1967 and one that came on in 1968, uh, members of the band Chicago. Now, do the math on that. 1967 was 53 years ago. Okay, these guys, I don't... I don't know their excuse me their exact age, but I'm guessing uh, when they started the band, they were probably in the neighborhood of 20 years old. So if you go 53 and 20, that means they are at the very least in their early to mid 70s. And these I could not believe the energy they had on stage for two hours. They were dancing and jumping, and you know two of the two of the guys. Uh, one was a trombone player, the other was a trumpet player. And so they're blowing on their horns, they're dancing around, they're uh, playing high-powered music for uh, long amounts of time, and I was just, I was impressed. Now, I don't know how old you are or where you're at physically out there, but... Uh, man, if I'm if I'm 73 to 75 right in there, and I'm I've got the kind of energy those guys have, I'm going to be one really really happy guy. And maybe maybe they ought to write a book on how they've taken care of themselves because they looked great. Obviously, their faces they looked like they were you know they'd been around the block a time or two, but uh, their bodies were in prime physical condition. And like I said, they entertained and and they entertained hard. It was, it's not like you know there was a violin concerto. Not that there's anything wrong with violins, but these guys were dancing and jumping and moving and shaking and wham way to go chicago way to go uh those uh, three founding members and the fourth guy that joined in 68 i was really really impressed in fact i i didn't play a single note and i was tired at the end of the concert and i'm in my i'm in my mid-50s so anyway welcome to the program glad to have you along if you'd like to call give me a phone call at 673-5890 we've got about uh, 15 minutes or so before our guest comes on. Now, our guest today, let me just say a word about her. Her name is Kathleen L. E-L-L-E is her last name, Kathleen L. And uh, Kathleen is an author. Uh, she is a person who went through some things in her life. One in particular, in particularly poignant uh, uh, event happened to her in her life. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. We'll wait till she joins us on the program. But uh, with that tragic event, uh, she was forced to reevaluate pretty much everything that she ever believed or stood for 
It was almost like a life reboot. And uh, so I'm looking forward to talking to her. One of the things that helped her through it all is something called the Gratitude Challenge. And uh, so we're going to talk to her about that and and, uh, some of the tools that she uh, acquired in working her way through a really tragic event in in her life. That's coming up in about, like I said, about 15 minutes or so from now. Let's go uh, Let's go to the phone lines and, of course, a lot on, on people's mind, coronavirus, et cetera. Let's see what's uh, what's on out there. Uh, yeah, caller, you're on with Andy. What's up? Yes, uh, I have a gratitude attitude because uh, I'm going to be heading into St. George with all three of my cars, and I'm going to fill them full of gas huh. because oil prices are just the bottom fell out. Yeah, yeah. Gas prices should be way down. There's, I guess there's an overproduction right now. Uh, I'm going to make a, a prediction that no price will go down. As a matter of fact, it'll go up because you there's think? scarcity now. Mm. Yeah. I hope you're wrong. Huh? I hope you're wrong. Well, uh, it never seems to get to the pump on the downside, does it? <laughs> it's like it's like taxes, right? We have a surplus. Do we get any money back? No. Do they no, lower taxes? They no. Now, I'm wondering if, uh, since I have extra money, because I'll be saving tons of money on my gasoline and my <laughs> diesel fuel, why don't I just go and take some trips? Because... Maybe the airport's going to close down, too, and they're going to want some tax money because we're not flying enough. Mm, my friend but my friend took a flight this weekend, and uh, he did a little Facebook Live video of how empty the airport was this weekend. And the airplanes, and yeah. they're canceling flights. And I know people in Asia who can't come home. Mm. Mm. Now, I'm also going to book some cruises and some river stuff because, really, I think there'll be some real bargains on cruises. Yeah, my son had his uh, cruise scheduled for the 1st of April, and uh, they've offered him money back plus an extra $300 voucher, plus uh, if he decides to keep the cruise and upgrade to one of their premium cabins. So, yeah, that uh, that uh, is at least good news there if you want to risk it. Uh, yes, and, and restaurants. Uh, uh, California, I just saw an announcement on on the news a moment ago, and the news said that California restaurants and uh, Disneyland and Magic Mountain and all those wonderful uh, uh, strawberry farms and all that stuff are, are going to be um, 30% down be- because... Um, uh, nobody's going to California to eat at restaurants and, and go to Disneyland. Yeah, seems like it. Seems like it. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of bargains of food, and I can just hardly wait for all those people to run out on the road and start changing the prices on my gasoline. Yeah. Should, any, any time now, right? Pardon me? Any time now. Yes, well, <laughs> I'll be really suspicious, and I understand that, by the way, I've done some research on how to sample coronavirus, and basically this high-tech kit and all these kits and, and stuff, they add up to two Q-tips and two uh, test tubes that you stick the dirty test to, uh, uh, Q-tips in and send them off somewhere. And I'm sure it took millions of dollars to get those two Q-tips inside that little uh, container. 
Was it what was a hammer cost a, a, what eight hundred dollars back back in the eighties for the government buying a hammer and a toilet was like like four thousand dollars or something like that. So, uh, yeah, those Q-tips probably went for a couple hundred each. Oh yeah, and, and so uh, you stick them in your nose and you stick them in the back of your throat yes. and you put them in this little test tube and you snap off the the end of it and it's got some kind of liquid in it and so they have to have a protector inside a protector so they got two test tubes one wow. inside the other and they ship it off to the CDC or whoever's going to do it and I, I it, it wouldn't surprise me if the price of medical tests that would be uh, five hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And there's supposed to be 4 million of those out there, all paid for by our government, actually paid for by us. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, uh, I, you know, I, I did a lot of uh, uh, study this weekend on the coronavirus, folks. And, and I kind of, I, you know, I, somebody told me you're at a crossroads. At this point, uh, which side are you going to land on? And, and I just, you know, in all the study and all that I've done, and I've looked at both sides of the coin, I just feel like, folks, that we're still not to the point where we need to be that worried about this. I really, I, I know somebody's going to say, oh, you're, you're, that's dangerous talk. You're, you're going, you know, you're, you're not, you're not sounding the alarm like you should be. But I just, I'm just looking at it. And I'm going, all right. So the confirmed case, 111,000 confirmed cases worldwide in the United States. 566 right now. That's according to the Johns Hopkins uh, coronavirus uh, map and ticker that's out there right now. And and I and I'm and I'm sitting there going, okay, let's do some research on some other diseases, uh, like the flu. The flu has. Uh, let's see if I can get to the right page here. The flu has uh, how many thousand? Thirty thousand people have died this season from the flu. Yeah. 30,000 people have died this season just from the flu. That's not coronavirus. That's influenza. Uh, and and that's, that, that dates back to last year. The flu season basically starts in October, so October through now. And uh, I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, why, why are we freaking out about coronavirus? Uh, I know, okay, it doesn't have a cure. There's a lot of mystery involved. It's spreading still. So there's the worry about that. But the flu is spreading too, and I guess if you know if the coronavirus gets us to wash our hands better, gets us to be more careful, then that's a good thing. But I just don't think this is the pandemic that that uh, you read about. You know, there's movies about, and we we all been paranoid about. I just don't think this is it. You know, and and I I, I look at the you know the the. The president of the United States. I look at the the medical advisors involved in this. I look at the popular medical, like Dr. Drew, who are out there saying, "Look, it's it's not going to be what you think it is. People, we're not going to have millions of people die from this. It's just not going to happen." Last year, six hundred thousand people worldwide died from the flu. The flu, not coronavirus or H one N one or or swine flu or any of those things. Not suicide. Not murder. 600,000 people died from the flu last year worldwide. So, yeah, we should be concerned. But we shouldn't be concerned about coronavirus. Then back of our mind, you know, keep, you know do, do all the things you're supposed to do. But, you know, don't go out and buy all the water and the toilet paper for crying out loud. Apocalypse St. George. And we cleared the, clear the Costco and Walmart of uh, water and toilet paper. No, just... Be aware that the flu kills people. And if you, if you have a loved one who's susceptible 
to something, coronavirus or flu or whatever, if they already have an underlying medical uh, problem, then be, just be careful. Get the flu shot. Wash your hands. Don't, you know, touch your face. And, and you know, you, you can help prevent these things just by being careful. I will say this. I don't know if you saw this online. I don't know how old the video was, but it, uh, a, a lady uh, was uh, one of the... Uh, public relationist for the Center for Disease Control, and she said, uh, she got up and she said, folks, uh, we just need to wash our hands and we need to be conscious of our actions. Do not touch your face, if you, especially if you've been in a public place, touch the public surface, just keep your hands away from your face. And she actually said, don't pick your nose, don't rub your eyes. And then she went to change pages to continue her press release, uh, reading her press release, she couldn't get the pages apart, so you know what she did? She, she licked her fingers to turn the page. As she's telling us not to touch our faces. I thought the irony was pretty thick at that point. Um, didn't expect that to happen. So anyway, uh, yeah, coming up in about five minutes, we're going to have uh, Kathleen L. on the line. E-L-L-E is her last name. And uh, Kathleen is going to talk about uh, some very poignant experiences in, well, one in particular in her life that helped her, that not helped her, kind of made her have a a life reboot, if you will, change directions. One of those happened in my life as well. So we will we'll talk about that with Kathleen in just a minute. I did want to wish a congratulations uh, to two teams uh, as they turn to sports just for a second. Dixie State Basketball got invited to the Division II National Tournament. Uh, even though they had a disappointing loss in the semifinals of their conference tournament, they had a good enough record and a good enough reputation that they got invited to the Division II National Tournament. They play Saturday down in Texas uh, for the first couple of rounds of that tournament. And then uh, how about the Utah State Aggies? Sam Merrill hits a three-pointer, and they beat the number five team in the country on the, on Saturday and move on to the move on to the uh, NCAA tournament. So congratulations to the Aggies. Tonight, of course, BYU plays St. Mary's. It looks like BYU's already in the tournament, uh, regardless of how they do, but uh, they uh, play St. Mary's, and they'd sure like to get them uh, and take care of one right there uh, for the Aggies. So I, I hope so. I hope they get it done. Um, so those are, those are kind of a little, little sports moment for you here on the uh, Andy Griffin Show. Uh, one one last note: I had uh, a person. I'm not going to name who they are, but they were uh, they took exception with my name, my gratitude list on uh, Friday. Right at the end of the show, I had like 90 seconds left, and so I just put together a little gratitude list of things that I'm grateful for living uh, in Southern Utah. And uh, they they totally missed the point. This person complained about some of the things I said. Uh, you know, and, and, and some of the things they don't like about living in Southern Utah. And so I, it kind of has been bothering me all weekend because they sent me several emails and links. And I was just like, you know what? You missed the point. The whole point of the bit was to take the positives in your life and accentuate the positives. Take the positives of living in Southern Utah. And, uh, you know, and this person basically said, well, there are no positives in living in Southern Utah. And so my thought was, uh, why do you live here then? I'm not telling you to get out. All I'm saying is if you hate it here, why? Why are you here? He's, this is a retired person. Go somewhere else to retire if you don't like it here. That's the only logical conclusion that I would come to in that type of situation. All right, our guest coming up in just a couple of minutes. Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. 
Welcome back and thank you for joining me today. It's 9.30 on News Radio 94.9, 890 KDXU. As promised, Kathleen L. is on the phone line. Kathleen, how are you this morning? I'm great, thank you. Eddie for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to have you on the show. Um, had a chance to read some of your writings, and I've been billboarding this a little bit, but teasing people about uh, kind of what you do and who you are. So let's do this. Let's talk a little bit about, first of all, uh, you had a, 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 a big event happen in your life, a tragic event. How long ago was that, Kathleen? On March 31st, 2010, it will be 10 years since my son took his life. Wow. He was 19 years old. Yeah. So going yeah. into that event, um, you, you said yourself in your writings that uh, you were, I wouldn't say the it girl, but you had things going on. You were very successful mm-hmm. uh, business-wise and in the political world. Uh, you said, and I quote, polished, confident, and determined to make uh, living the dream work for you. Uh, but then some situations happened that really changed things for you. Will you talk a little bit about that, Kathleen? Sure. So, um the, the event of Logan transitioning uh, truly shattered me, and um, I became very, um, very much wanting to just die myself. I was a single mom, and um, the only person that I had left in my life was my daughter, who uh, was actually in college about a thousand miles away. I lived in Vermont, and she was in college in South Carolina. And your son was, so, what, 17 or 18 at the time? He was 19. 19. My daughter was okay. 20, and, she, and he was 19. Um, so it shattered her as well. However, I was in Vermont, and I was a political um, advisor for the governor. I was a legislator. I had, um, I was actually at the time he transitioned was a, an executive of a large commercial construction association. So. I had everything going for me, so people thought, but inside it was tearing me apart because over the last 18 months of that time, my son was really making some choices that was masking the pain that he was internally living, and we really challenged. We struggled through quite a bit, and he ended up leaving Vermont without speaking with me, um, moving to his dad's, and two weeks later he took his life. Mm. So I was holding a lot of guilt and shame and blame and judgment, self-judgment. I was angry at everybody other than Logan. Um, I really, really turned in that it was my fault my son took his life, that I, I, I might have caused that. And in the end, I was laying on his grave about, not in the end, but at the very beginning, about three months after he transitioned, I was laying on his grave just begging and wishing to die as well. Like, I really didn't want to live in this world anymore. The pressure on my chest was like a building had been blown up and the debris landed on my chest. My back um, was heavy. Uh, I felt like my heart was in a vice grip. I just couldn't survive in the physical and mental and emotional pain that I was in and mm-hmm. laying on his grave, just, just begging, please, please take me to, I am so sorry for, you know, our inability to communicate our, our, our struggles. And I quickly received a message. And at the time I didn't think anything was clear, but the message was very clear. It's like the divine Logan, my son, um, said, this happened in your life. You meant to do something with it, so just go do it. Mm. And after that, I thought, it's true. I have the political um, 
connections. I have the uh, knowledge of how to connect with the media. I could do, I could be the voice. I had enough of a, a following. I could be the voice to change suicide and the signs of suicide. It's it's, so, be, um, it's become such a big thing, suicide in in our in modern society. And, and in full disclosure, Kathleen, I want to tell you that uh, I had an experience with that in my life. Not to the degree of you, my my brother took his own life, uh, but I can in some way feel some of the pain that you are going through. And you, mm. you, you mentioned the, the guilt about things, and I think that's one of the things maybe we don't even think about when when someone uh, near and dear to us takes their own life is. The amount of guilt that you feel, was it my fault? How much did I have to do? The, you know, were they thinking of me when they did this? And could I have stopped it? All those things that, and many, many more rush through their head, your head, don't they? They certainly do. And it is natural, and that's what I teach today. It is natural to feel what you feel and be gentle with yourself. We all think that we are the cause of someone else's pain, but really it's the individual that has a choice on how they're going to respond or react to any situation or any experience in our lives. My chapter that that you have read is um, Life is a Healing Journey, and through that, through my last 10 years of healing through all of that pain and, and finding the connection with my son, is like I am realizing that our life is a journey, and it is a healing opportunity, and events happen in our lives that we have absolutely zero control over. It's how we're going to respond to those events and heal through those layers of pain, the healing through the trauma and breaking the patterns that we've existed in life. Yeah. So the what if, if only I could have, if I didn't, um, if I didn't do this or if I had done something different, those those are all questions that we're left behind with absolutely no ability to be able to answer. And so instead of going through the what if, I was able to start to connect with my son. Like I, I received several signs that his spirit was still here. And today I believe and I teach and I share with people about how, how the body may no longer be here the spirit and the energy is always. We are energy. And so if you're open and you move through your healing process and your healing journey, you have the ability to actually be more connected or at least connected with your loved one on the other side because they really haven't gone anywhere. You just learn to have a different relationship with them. And, and I also want to say, Andy, I'm truly sorry for the experience that you had with your son. I've seen my daughter struggle and suffer, and um, while it's a different pain, it's still a tremendous loss and, and sorrow. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Let's, if we can, let's talk about some of the tools that you use. At a certain point when you're going through the, the, the pain and misery of it all, there, there comes a certain point where you have to kind of get yourself up, pull, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and deal with life and move on. Of course, the other choice is to, to die yourself. And so what are some of the tools that you use to help you get back on your feet, Kathleen? Um, there's a couple things, one of which I, I challenge you to do this, but it's yes. um, writing 10 things that you're grateful for every single morning before you even get out of bed. That was a huge significant piece of my healing. It's also been a significant piece of a number of my friends' healings. Um, uh, uh, military, uh, former first responder, 
had changed his life. The feedback that I've gotten has been tremendous. So yeah, the first thing is just gratitude, being grateful for what is there in your life today. Let's go over that some more. Okay, gratitude. You call I, I call it. I don't know if you did or not, but the gratitude challenge, and that's to write down things that you're thankful for every single day. Uh, what are some of the challenges that come with that, and then what are the benefits that come with that, Kathleen? Well, I don't believe there's many challenges at all. If we really stop and think about how fortunate we are every single day, we can be grateful for something. We can be grateful that we don't have to walk around with a backpack on our back and carry all of our belongings every day in our back. We can be grateful that we have a shower, we have a washer. We can be grateful that we have heat or air conditioning. We can be grateful that we can breathe in fresh air. Um, there are so many things that we take for granted that we don't even realize that we have. We can be grateful that we can get in our car and drive to work, be grateful that we have a job. Um, And as we start to think about that gratitude every morning before we get out of bed, we start to shift our, our, our thought process because we have control of our thoughts. The thoughts are not us. We are our thoughts. I mean, excuse me, we are... We are the ones who are controlling the thoughts. So we are the ones that decide how we're going to respond. And the first thing the majority of society does when, they, when the alarm goes off to go to work, they start to, the list of all the things they have to do, yeah. what they don't want to do, yeah. all the struggles of the day. So they're setting up their day with the challenges instead of setting up the day with all the things they are grateful for. So it shifts their person that shifts their their professional relationships. It shifts how they drive to work. When someone cuts you off in traffic, you're less likely to think, "What a jerk." You're more likely to think, "Well, maybe they have to rush someone to a hospital, or they just got a call and said their loved one's in the hospital, or maybe they're they're late for um, an appointment, whether they're going to be told that they have cancer or not." You know, there's, there's all kinds of things that are happening in other people's lives. So the less we create stories around situations that are occurring around us, the better we are. Yeah, that, that goes in line with one of my favorite uh, sayings, and that is, uh, you have no idea what's going on in other people's lives, so be kind always. You know, the, exactly. kind, of, kind of the same, exactly. same, same thought there. Um, I love the gratitude challenge. It, it gives you a new perspective on life. And I think that's probably what you're going for, right? I mean, you, you, if we don't think about the things that we're grateful that we have, I mean, I can, I look back, you know, 30 years ago when I was in college and, and compare that life to what I have now. And holy cow, I got a lot of cool stuff now compared to then. <laughs> exactly. You've got a roof over your head. You yeah. know, you've got a wife, you've got children, you've got, You've got um, a job. You've got yeah. some some amazing things that are happening in your life. Absolutely. The, the gratitude challenge. I, I would challenge all of our listeners out there. Uh, if you, maybe, you don't, maybe you don't have time to do 10. Maybe you can do five or just do one or do a couple. Every morning, just write down some something or some things that you're grateful for every single day. It's helped me immensely in the last, uh, last week or so I've been doing it. And as Kathleen will tell you, it'll help you long term as well. It certainly does. And what I've also started to add, this is new for me, but I've started to acknowledge myself of what, I, what I've done. So in the morning, I have a gratitude list of what I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. And I heard Mary Morrissey um, speak about what she does first thing in the morning, and I've added this. And so this, this phrase is, I am awake. I am, 
may I be awake to the wonder of this day. Hmm. Nobody gets to make the choices that I make today but me. Nobody gets to think the thoughts that I think but me. The infinite God has granted me this most magnificent, magnificent day, and I get to choose what I want to do with this. So may I, may I live in this day not only in gratitude but appreciation. And really, when you when you say that phrase, now Mary's is much longer and a little different, but this is what I've created. Is like when you say that phrase and you live it and you you sit in it and you feel the amazing um, ability to lift your day. Like this is my choice on how I want to live my day. So how do I want to live that day? Do I want to live it in anger, frustration, resentment, or do I want to live it in love and joy and playfulness and and creativity, hmm. because the more you, you shift your per, your internal perspective, your internal feelings, the more you live it. I, I've been thinking a lot about the, that creativity factor that you just mentioned, uh, and the fact that every day is uh, it's it's like it's like a, a a lump of clay, and you can mold your day into what you want. Now, reality sometimes sets in. Yes, you have work uh, or whatever it is you have, and and there are certain tasks that have to be done, and there's not a lot of creativity to some tasks. But the truth of the matter is, like you said, every single day we can change and tweak and and create. And use our artistic selves to make the day what we want it to be. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And I close my day with acknowledging the things that I'm uh, acknowledging me. That's cool. Acknowledging for the, the bravery of stepping into something that was uncomfortable. Mm. Acknowledging um, that I actually exercised for an hour today instead of a half hour. You know, mm, nice. acknowledging yeah. the things that we, that we actually accomplished throughout the day. And and what do we usually do, Kathleen? We usually go, oh, I didn't do this. and Oh, I wish I had done that. Oh, darn it, I forgot right. this. You're right. If we could change right. that attitude at the end of the day into, okay, maybe right. I didn't do these things, but look at what I did do. Right. Oftentimes we re-victimize re- ourselves, and this is another thing I teach people, um, is that when we re-victimize ourselves, we don't want to repeat the patterns that we've, re- we've repeated. We have learned, we've been programmed from zero to eight, some say five, some say eight. From zero to, to the, I'll say, eight years old, how we respond in our life is how we reacted to situations that happened to us when we were taught from zero to eight years old. Hmm. And so that base is what how you program, how we all program our lives, for example. My birth father shot at me when I was three years old. My birth father was an alcoholic. Wow. Um, it was a fairly abusive home. And at that moment, I created a belief that I was unworthy to be loved. Now, that was my creation within my mind from my story point. Mm-hmm. Um, through the healing that I have gone through and the willingness to go into what's called regenerating images of memory or energy healing, I've been able to go back and, and see that he did the best he could with what he knew. He actually treated us better than what he knew. And so what was happening for him was very different for me. He loved me in the best way he could love me. I'm not saying what he did was right, but what I have, what I have decided is to love myself based on being able to go back in and dissolve a past memory and replace it with a new memory through a healing modality that I've um, been certified in and becoming a master in now. So that, that, there are 
Go ahead. I was going to say, that is really cool, and I want to learn a little bit more about this. Let me sneak a, a quick commercial break in here, Kathleen, and we'll get back and talk a little bit more about certified uh, regenerating images memory, okay? Great. Thank you. All right, it is 9:46 on News Radio 94.9 890 KDXU. Uh, let's mention Joe Shoney because he is a local loan consultant who focuses on customer service. He's been serving Southern Utah for more than 25 years, and if you want to know if he's any good, you just go to the socialsurvey.me website, and uh, he's just, he put himself out there. He says, "Please uh, write whatever review you want and rate me if you would." And how about this? He has over 310 reviews. He's averaging 4.9. Star 4.91 stars. Uh, Joe had all the answers to each situation that was encountered. That's from Stephen. Catherine says, Joe Shoney always takes good care of my clients. He gets the job done A+. Michelle says, Joe and his team are professionals. Communication was outstanding throughout the entire process. Five stars. Joe Shoney gets uh, well, gets all the good reviews, and uh, he wants to be your loan officer. Give him a call today, 435-590-6300, or email him at joe.shoney, S-C-H-O-N-E-Y, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. Welcome back to the show. Today is the ninth day of March, 2020. It's 9.49 in the morning. Andy Griffin with you. Thanks for joining me today. I've got Kathleen L. E-L-L-E is her last name uh, on the phone line. Kathleen, thank you again for joining me this morning. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Now, let's talk about your book real quick for a second. It is not out yet, but uh, when's when's the target date and what's the name of the book? So the launch date is May 7th, and it's called Women Who Rise. And I'm a cover author in this that there's 29 other authors who, other, other women who are um, sharing their stories of rising above the challenges that they have, they have gone through, and they also share other, their, their resources and tools and techniques on how they, they did that. So it's a, teach, it's a, a story, uh, collaborative book with the ability to connect with each of us. And so there's also a, the week before, there's a pre-launch offering and there's going to be a bonus. So my bonus, if you end up, uh, when you choose to order uh, Women Who Rise, where you get a much more in-depth story of where I've gone and what I've gone through, um, you will receive a bonus on how you remove unwanted energies in your in your in your energy field, so okay. in your body. So how do you get rid of other people's energy that's attached to you? Very cool. We all uh, we all have negative energies that we come across on a <laughs> daily basis. So that that's a great tool to have. Women Who Rise is the name of the book. It comes out about two months from now. That's okay. correct. Okay. Now, um, a couple of things I wanted to ask you about that have helped you in your healing uh, we talked about the daily gratitude list. Talk about meditation for a minute, if you will. Uh, I've never been a meditation guy and, and probably something I need to work on, but I just kind of feel like, oh, I got this and this and this and this to do. How can I sit there for a minute and or two and do nothing? Can, can I do it? Yes, you can. <laughs> just start with five minutes. Start with five minutes and, and focusing on your breathing. And to start with, what I did was I just started to count my breath. So uh, the technique that I've used is the four by four by four by four. You breathe into the count of four, you hold it to the count of four, you release your breath to the count of four, and you hold it to the count of four. 
And you just keep doing that. So where you are focusing, going within your body, there's three things that I like to, to say that's part of my morning practice. It's um, connecting physically, you're feeling through, which is gratitude and meditation. And the third is movement, which is exercise. And so you're connecting to or, or connecting to the, the, the universe, you're connecting to nature. So when you breathe in and you meditate, you're able to go within your body and you can actually start to feel where there's tension within your body. You can start to feel where, what you're holding that really you can release. And when you breathe into that tension, you start to release the tension from your body. You start to let go of the pain that you're holding on to. So you can prevent physical uh, illnesses, um, diseases, there's there's ways there's proof that you create you increase your creativity you increase your thought process you have, you're much more productive when you take the time to connect to yourself you're also making decisions through meditation you're making decisions that are coming from your true self not from other people's thoughts or encouragements or or um, or directives <laughs> hmm, okay. I'll I'll have to work on that. That's definitely something that I think my wife is good at, but I just have not, you know, I, I kind of, I'm not a type A personality, but I, I do, I, like you said, I, in the morning I get this list of, okay, I got to do all this stuff. I don't have time to sit around for five minutes. That's something that I need to work on. Another one of them before we get to RIM is, uh, is uh, walking in nature. Now, we live uh, here in southern Utah. We have a lot of great trails and uh, hikes that we can go on. I'm a big believer in this one, and I did want to mention it just because of that and, and because I think think that's a great way to connect with yourself when you connect with nature. Right. So the number one thing is take your earpods out, <laughs> turn your music off, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Connect, connect with nature. You, I live in the city now. I used to live in Vermont for all my life. I just moved to Charlotte a year and a half ago. Okay. And there are trails. There's the light rail. There is a train that goes by every 10 minutes or so, five minutes, whatever it is. And I get to still breathe in the air. I get to look at the trees along the light rail. When you're connecting with nature, you're getting back to what we really came from. And you're able to breathe. You can actually meditate as you're walking, Andy. You don't have to sit and meditate. People have this perception that you have to close your eyes, cross your legs, and become a yoga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Buddha, yoga, whatever. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that. It's just connecting with your internal self and your the earth. The other thing you can do while you're doing that is start to think about the things you're grateful for, that you can see the trees, you can smell the flowers, you can hear the birds. You can. Mm. It's just becoming connected to yourself again. I love it. I love it. That's a, that's a great mm. deal. And, hey, you, you saved me maybe because if I can meditate while I'm walking in nature, that's killing two birds with one stone. And it's, a, like you said, it's a fantastic. <laughs> well, you're not killing anything. You're creating. <laughs> well, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Yes, I know. I know. Uh, okay. The, other, well, we're, the we're, other thing I want to say is that we can be really creative when we're, when we're in nature. When you have a thought, it's like, when you don't know to make how to make a decision, if something's on your mind, just say, please show me what I need to know about this situation. Hmm. And as you're connected, you get, you get ideas. That's where I got a lot of my greatest ideas is when I was hiking. 
Awesome. Now we're short on time. We only have about uh, three or four minutes left. Let's talk about regenerating images in memory. What does that mean? I don't. I honestly had never heard of it until I read it in your in your paper. Yeah, REM, regenerating images in memory, is a healing modality where you can go into your body. You store memory in your body. Mm-hmm. And you also store your parents' and your grandparents' memory in your body. So whatever they've experienced, you're experiencing in your body. And we react to life based on what's in our body, our subconscious. Okay. And so we can go in. The, the healing modality goes in using your memory um, and your imagination. You go into your body. You find those, the, what's stuck there. It's stuck, stuck beliefs, limiting beliefs and blocks in your system that prevents you from... from um, succeeding in what you want to succeed in. And so we go in, remove that, that memory, and replace it with a new memory, and now it's part of your new DNA based on your, your imagination and your willingness to work through a healing modality, uh, an energetic healing modality. No drugs, no, no um, substances. It is truly working with your body and the energy that's there. I'm trying to do this quickly for you, so... <laughs> Hopefully I summarized it enough. Yeah, no, I, and if you're interested in working with me, let me just say I have a new, I created a bonus program for KDXU listeners. So if you go into my website at KathleenL with the letter L.com, you can get 20% off on any of my services if you type in KDXU. Oh, cool. All right. We can, we've got our own, we've got our own uh, redemption code. That's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, just just real quick, uh, in in two minutes, can, you know, take us through the steps of, of of doing this. What what are the what's the quickest way? Not the quickest, the best way to go about uh, uh, regenerating these images. The best way is to connect with a, a facilitator. I'm not the only one. There's many facilitators, so you can go on to riminstitute.com and see who is a certified. Um, or master um, facilitator, and make an appointment. And the easiest way to do that is just allow a facilitator to be your to hold space for you and walk you through this, this process. It's really just going in and using your mem- your imagination. Hmm. Sounds liberating. Uh, we're down, we're short on time. Got about a minute. How is your battle in in suicide awareness and suicide prevention? Have you been able to make some uh, some uh, some uh, advances in that? I have. There's so many people I've I've spoken publicly on radio and TV and and educating people about about signs and language and how you work through the language of suicide. A number of people said, you've saved my son's life. You've saved me. I'm so grateful for your willingness to speak about this. It's about taking away the stigma and really talking about mental health like it is its mental health. Um, And also working with my clients, I use energy healing, whether I'm channeling energy or I am using the RIM process Energy healing is how you, you really can go in and remove the subconscious, change the subconscious so it's connected with the conscious. All right. Thank you, Kathleen, so much. We've run out of time. The website, Kathleen L., that's the letter L, Kathleen L., and it's spelled with a C, by the way, KathleenL.com. And the book coming out on May 7th is Women Who Rise. Are you excited about the book? I guess you'd have to be, huh? I'm so excited. I, I, it's 
it's here. I get to do keynote speech, speaking, and I get to just really help other people believe and inspire that you don't have to live in the pain and the numbness. You can live in a, a life full of joy and and just pure pleasure. All right. Thank you so much, Kathleen. Great to talk to you today. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate you.